Does it look like I do dishes? <laughs> thank you, Caroline. And thank you for listening to TBDJK, the show that's for us to host and for you to dot, dot, dot. I am Jack, a.k.a. J. And I'm Kale, a.k.a. K. And this is a podcast for fans of Vampire Diaries, people who are as obsessed with the show as we are. Uh, and for that reason, uh, we feel compelled to say near the beginning of the show that this will be full of spoilers for all eight seasons of the Vampire Diaries. So uh, we would prefer that, or I don't, I don't say we prefer, but I would hope that only people who have seen the whole show or have at least had the whole show spoiled for them would listen because it's a great show and you know I don't want the the plot to be spoiled any other way than just you watching it but yep so we are going to be talking about it going through it linearly but also talking about the whole show at the same time how the characters grow through time how things change how things stay the same all that stuff yes and mild original spoilers Yes, when we, yeah, we won't uh, go too deep in with the originals, but, you know, maybe some, it's a, it sheds some light on some lore questions, some history stuff, and so we'll bring that in when it's appropriate, uh, but hopefully not spoil too much stuff so that people who may not have seen the originals will still enjoy this show and still be able to enjoy that show afterwards or concurrently. Uh, yeah, so a bit about... A bit more about the show itself before Kayla and I introduce ourselves. Um, we have split all 171, well, 170. We'll be doing, we won't be doing the uh, originals backdoor pilot um, into 60 chapters, each of which has two to five episodes, depending on the pacing and, you know, how much dense, how much density of information there is to cover. Uh, and so one, each episode of the podcast will cover one of these chapters. For example, this is the first episode. And so we will be covering chapter one, which we have entitled The Beginning, which has season, season one, episode one, The Pilot, season one, episode two, The Night of the Comet, and season one, episode yes. three, Friday Night Bites. Uh, and then, yeah, so at the beginning of each episode, I'll read some summaries for people who may not have seen the episodes too recently. Um, but I think it'll be fun for everyone. Because, I mean, we've been going back and rewatching together in preparation for each episode. And we'll probably continue doing that. So I think it'd be fun uh, for this to be a rewatch podcast as well as just a discussion podcast. Yes. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> I actually had fun writing those summaries. So that'll be fun to read. Um, oh yes, I love the summaries. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, so uh, we will. I mean, this first episode will sort of serve as a introduction to what the show is about and how we structure things. I mean, for us as well, because this is our first time podcasting and first time doing this kind of thing. So it'll be fun to figure it out. Um, so before before we get into all of that, though, uh, we're gonna introduce a little bit about ourselves, about your hosts. That will be taking you on this journey. <laughs> um, my name is Jack. Uh, I live in New York. Uh, I've been watching the show since 2013, I think, so about eight years now, which is wild to say out loud. Um, been a super fan, I would call it, for only about half of that time. Uh, 
like pr pretty much since the show ended and it was all put on Netflix um, was when I really started getting into it and all the fan stuff. Uh, in addition to this, I like to listen, I listen to a lot of music, I write about music, um, and I read a lot too. So yeah, and I like looking at and talking about attractive people and good stories ultimately. So <laughs> that is why <laughs> I have glommed onto this show so thoroughly. Oh yes. Um, perfect show for that. <laughs> yes. I think you'll probably learn more about me and more about Kale as we go on, but that should be enough to get you started for now. And, um, my name again, Kale, and, um, I'm from Kent, Ohio. Um, I really got into the show also once it was on Netflix. Um, I didn't watch it at all when it was actually on television. Um, so binging it is really what got me so addicted and I have watched it probably um, 10 times through entirely and um, obviously some episodes more than that. Yeah I was um, I was thinking about this actually how trying to put a count on our rewatches is pointless at this point because they're all <laughs> muddled together and it really is. Yes so um I had no spoilers uh, watching the show. I really didn't know much about the plot or anything that was going to happen, so I feel like i um, very grateful for my experience watching it. Um, you know, I knew it was about two brothers. I knew it was about vampires, but I didn't really know any other, you know, ins and outs of the show. So I feel like watching it for me was just the best it could have been. Yes, I am. I mean, I don't know if I'm as grateful for your experience as you are, <laughs> but I am. I am very grateful that you had it because um, I think it made a big impact on you and is a big part of the reason why we're doing this right now. Um, yeah, so we'll we will get into more of our initial reactions and our store our personal stories with the show uh, as we get into more of the discussion for this episode. But I think now that we've gotten settled into things. I'm going to read my summaries for the episodes, uh, hopefully with high enough energy that it won't lag from monologue slump. <laughs> so first we have season one, episode one, the pilot. In this episode, we meet the lion's share of our beloved gang and the seeds for the series are sown. Stefan Salvatore, a vampire, has returned home after living in the shadows for 145 years for one reason, to know the beautiful Elena Gilbert who lost her parents in a car accident last spring and is mysteriously a dead ringer for Stefan's long-ago love, Catherine. During the first few days of school, drama abounds. Elena's ex-boyfriend, Matt Donovan, is torn up about her breaking up with him. Her younger brother, Jeremy, is finding solace in substances and feuding with Tyler Lockwood for Matt's sister, Vicky's heart. Caroline wants the hot new boy all to herself. And Bonnie, despite being able to predict the future, employs some not-so-future-proof language. <laughs> Later, at the back-to-school bonfire at the falls, Stefan and Elena bond, Bonnie sees a bad omen, and Vicky is attacked in the woods, later identifying the culprit as a vampire. This leads Stefan to an unexpected reunion with his beguiling brother Damon, who plans to wreak havoc on the not-so-innocent town of Mystic Falls. Also making their first appearances in this episode are Aunt Je Jenna Somers, Mr.-slash-Coach William Tanner, and Uncle Zach Salvatore. Uh, in Season 1, Episode 2, The Night of the Comet, 
We constantly ask the question of which is more fraught, public safety in Mystic Falls or budding Stelena. Jenna dons sexy stewardess chic to attend Jeremy's parent-teacher conference. Jeremy visits Vicky in the hospital, and Stefan endorses the first of many horrible, boring old books. After Jeremy literally threatens to kill Tyler, Stefan overhears that Vicky was attacked by a vampire, and so quickly speeds to the hospital to erase the memory, though not without being spotted by Matt. Following an inspiring sex-positive pep talk by Caroline, Elena goes to the Salvatore house in the hope of jumping Stefan's bones, but instead meets Damon, who easily outcharms his surly, possessive brother, leaving Elena hurt and confused. As everyone gathers in the town square to watch the comet, some dramatic candle lighting leads to a Stelena powwow, which doesn't end well. Then, a recently discharged Vicky goes missing, and Stefan confronts Damon, her abductor, on a rooftop as the rest futilely search, but Damon surprises Stefan by covering his tracks. The episode ends with a romantic Stelena kiss and a not-so-romantic vampire victimization of Caroline. And Terry James makes her first appearance as the classic Nurse Haynes, who you may remember is also the nurse who Caroline feeds on when she turns in to Bio 2. Um, and I think those are her only two credited appearance, appearances, but we'll have to see uh, if she shows up more. Uh, Alright, and then finally, Season 1, Episode 3, Friday Night Bites. As we all collectively scream at Damon to leave our queen alone, Bonnie tells Elena to take it slow with Stefan after touching him and seeing death. <laughs> and Jeremy blows off an apologetic Vicky. Tyler gives Matt shit for letting Stefan steal Elena from him and decides to let her know she made the wrong choice by chucking a football at the unsuspecting boy. But Stefan proves he's a regular Don Hudson by whipping around and catching it. Stefan continues to flood Elena's basement by going toe-to-toe -to -toe <laughs> with testosterone Tanner on historic dates, tearing up the football practice field after school while she's avoiding cheerleading, and then winning over Bonnie at dinner with his enlightened feminist ideals. <laughs> Following an awkward but illuminating surprise drop-by courtesy of Damon and Caroline, the school gathers to tailgate before the big game, but the proceedings are halted, first by a violent explosion of sexual tension between Jeremy and Tyler, <laughs> and then by the murder of Coach Tanner at the hands of Damon. And so in this episode, we say goodbye to Benjamin Ayers as William Tanner, Gone too soon, or perhaps, perhaps not soon enough. <laughs> um, yeah, so there we have it. Um, I'll probably put in a little timestamp or something so that people who have seen the episodes can skip. I also hope that my writing and reading is so irresistibly charismatic that people will not be able to avoid listening to it. But <laughs> well, I want maybe to that's like too laugh. Large a dream. Like I like to laugh when you're saying it but i don't want to like laugh over top of you reading but well, I, I think i think if it ever got too bad i would just cut you out but, okay <laughs> yeah i think i'll just do that in general i think we'll just record the whole podcast and then i'll just leave my track in okay <laughs> <laughs> sounds good to me all right so um yeah now that we got that little overview i think we'll talk about our personal experiences with the first time viewing these episodes as best we can remember. Um, so you should go ahead since I just spent so much time talking. Okay. Um, so, you know, I was not into any type of supernatural shows back when right. this was right. out. Um, so I didn't 
really, I wasn't into it. I didn't want to watch it. Um, and I kind of pushed it off for a really long time. I watched it a couple years back for the first time. Um, getting into it, I was worried about how over the top it would be. Um, so, you know, starting out, we have the fog, the eyes, the crow, um, you know, the cemetery scenes, things like that. Um, so my initial reaction was like, am I going to get through this show? Like, am I going to continue? Not that it wasn't good, but just, is it going to be too much for me? <laughs> yeah. It's a certain, it's a certain vibe that definitely not everyone is into. Think, yes. So. <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, I just was like really unsure. And then, um, I think that, you know, I just fell for the characters. Um, and that's one of, that's something that I think I say a lot about this show is that, they truly develop the character so well. Um, and over, over time, you know, everybody changes and almost every relationship that I have as a viewer with the characters is a roller coaster, love, hate. Um, and it, it was like that with these first couple episodes, almost instantly. I was like, well, I know who I love. I know who I hate. I know who I ship. <laughs> so, that everyone was, yes everyone um except for matt donovan sorry but oh yeah well, there's only one person i ship with matt and we'll get into that later <laughs> but um yeah i just my my initial reaction was i mean kind of excitement i really didn't know anything about the show um no, nothing big had been spoiled for me and i was just like ready and i think the first time i watched it i probably watched all eight seasons in one week um, wow you never told is, me that yeah it's um it's insane and when that's i that's impressive <laughs> it's insane i'm a little bit embarrassed if you want to cut this part out <laughs> no dude no this is gold <laughs> we don't have to talk about this ever again but i'm sure i'm honestly i'm sure some people that are closer to my age have you beat in terms of viewing time insanity so i wouldn't even worry about it <laughs> um yes yeah, so i don't know i just i fell for the show i fell for the characters um and you, it's not hard when you have such a a brilliant cast of gorgeous people um you know it's easy to fall for them so i think yes that was one of i think the casting on the show is phenomenal so phenomenal um, I actually, I actually looked up some stuff about the casting that I had not read before, which I will share in my little trivia section later. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah. So, so, um, yeah, I mean like just like the, the, the love that the show got and still continues to get has inspired so much discussion about, but not only by people viewers but also by people behind the scenes that we might not have gotten with other less popular shows so that's always good um because a lot of the crew on vampire diaries is doing some really cool stuff pretty much as cool as the actors and or, and or the writers so oh nice yeah. um yeah i before i stated my experience i wanted to say two things that i think are important about us talking about the pilot one is that it's so mysterious and sort mm -hmm. of coy with what it reveals and what it doesn't um, yeah. and you immediately get the sense that it is a pilot but it's not something that's just an idea thrown at the wall it's something that had planning put into it and there are things that seem like 
six or seven episode or reveals or stuff that you can just sense that in the writing, like that yeah. things are going to happen, that you're going to find more stuff out. And it, and it definitely brings you in with that. And it's very impressive. Like, I think there's a lot of stuff that was definitely improved upon a lot, mm -hmm. um, going on from the pilot, but wow. I mean, even, you know, going back and watching it, God knows how many times more it's still, that that mystery still gets me every time and also yeah. i think it's hard to talk about our first experience watching it because of how much we've had since then um because you know watching the pilot now it is nostalgic both for the time that it capsulizes and also for me remembering who i was when i watched it but it's also like so long now so so much vampire diaries watched since then that it's yeah. difficult to even say oh yeah and i mean i just think about all the time how much my opinions have changed too from my first watch through 10th or however many um and it's just every single rewatch i discover something new and mm -hmm. you'd think after a while that would stop but it really doesn't. I. It really doesn't. <laughs> yes, it's like con just constant changing and. Yeah, I, you 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 messaged me the other day. You were like, I keep thinking that I have like my least favorite season set down because people often ask that because people like to criticize the Vampire Diaries even if they are self described fans. Uh, we will too, but a lot of people really like to talk shit <laughs> oh and yeah so and so you were like yeah I, every time i think i have my least favorite season i go back and watch it and it blows me away um and i think you're talking you're talking about season four right yep absolutely yeah. so yep, yep. and it was it's because um right now i'm actually doing a full rewatch with my best friend who had never seen it um right. and she's got a similar she has like a similar experience as me where she really doesn't have any spoilers other than she knows a couple actors leave the show at some point or another. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and she's constantly asking me things like, you know, do you, do you love this season? Is this an episode? Like, what are your favorites? Cause I definitely want to like watch those with you in person. Um, things like wow. that. And it's so hard to say like what my favorites are. Every time I try to do a list, I I end up changing it because yep. it really does just every time blow me away. In yeah, one the only, way or I think the only thing mm -hmm. that we collectively love more than making lists is changing our lists. <laughs> You've, I've deleted and redone lists that I've made oh, yeah. so many times because of well, I go show. back and look. Um, so I guess now's a good time to mention that Kayla and I actually haven't known each other for too long. We met each other earlier this year when we set up a an online rewatch for the Vampire Diaries, so like a group that gets together um, and just watches the episodes whenever we can. Um, and in the discussion, we would make these lists about like our favorite, you know, top 10 things or whatever. And I go back and look at those and I'm like, I'd make a completely different one now. And that was what, like four or five months ago, <laughs> like not even that long ago. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. like things like the music in the show, um, which yes. I know we're going to talk about a lot more later, but one of our lists that we always do are our favorite songs. And like, I think that list of mine started with 10 songs and now it's 20. It's because a, yeah. 10 songs is keep... real hard, man. You got, we, we should like, honestly like parse it down even further. So like 
best like background songs and then best like dramatic moments mm -hmm. with songs in them you know because yeah. like there's too much nuance there for it to be all in one like it feels wrong putting wings in the season five finale along with like the death the song that plays at the bonfire you know yeah like it's just it's just they're just different not only different vibes but just different like roles that they play in the scene yeah um, i completely agree yeah so all right so li list tangent aside um i will share <laughs> my also sort of unique experience um i think i mean it's unique in and of itself that neither of us has been watching since the show aired uh, and yeah. i've met many people who are still fans after having been watching for that long um and i've said many times that i think it is a show as this illustrates that is very good no matter how you approach it whether you watch it week to week from the very beginning binge watch it after it's all done or some combination of the two which is where i fit in uh yeah. it, you can fall in love with it all the same yeah, I really um, like your experience as well. I, uh, yeah, so this, so it had to have been, it was the first part of season five, so 2013. Um, I was at my cousin's house and she was, wa I think she was rewatching it because she'd already seen a lot of it. Uh, and she was watching season two, episode 12, The Descent, which is the episode following Rose's bite by Jules. Uh, and she is, you know, hallucinating and slowly getting poisoned by the werewolf bite. Um, and so that was the first thing of Vampire Diaries I'd ever seen. I'd probably heard of it before, you know, it was such a pop culture juggernaut that I'd probably heard the name or seen a poster or whatever, but I just never really thought about it. Uh, I wasn't one of those people who, you know, discounted network TV as being like artistically inviable or whatever, but I also wasn't all about it. Um, I probably watched Game of Thrones and Walking Dead and all those other, you know, standard prestige shows. And so I saw this one, and I was already intrigued by the fact that it was a serial, um, rather than, you know, like the crime procedurals that are just like a case a week or whatever, which has never really appealed to me, or Monster of the Week or whatever. Yeah. Um, and also seeing Lauren Cohen as Rose, as I mentioned, I'd seen The Walking Dead, I really liked her in that, um... And seeing just like how they address the character, presented her, and how the characters are very much themselves, no matter where you come in from knowing them. Like I obviously had missed a lot of, you know, the important setup for the stars and for the side characters, but even then it was so easy and welcoming to just slip right in. Um and because, like, every single one of their interactions tells you something about them, you know, because the mm -hmm. actors know the role so well. And so I think it was, it was super easy to just start watching. And I think I mentioned this before when we, when we talked about it. I was kind of, like, prideful and didn't want to let on that I was enjoying it as much as I was because she had kept trying to get me to watch it and I wouldn't, <laughs> um, even though I was freaking out because of how much I liked it. Um, and, yeah, and I also mentioned that... Uh, her thirst over the Salvatore brothers was influential on me in <laughs> developing my uh, hot people discourse uh, because we would always argue over which one of them was hotter because I was immediately <laughs> a Stefan boy and she was all about Damon. Um, yeah, and so from there, I continued watching to whatever they had on Netflix at the time and then I caught up with season five. 
Um, and then I was pretty sporadic in and out in terms of watching until the show ended. And when I watched the, you know, the last few episodes live and especially the finale, it really, really impacted me. And I mean, still, you know, whenever you watch the finale, it immediately makes you want to go back and rewatch the whole thing again. But especially then I was like, I need to give this show another shot. And I did. And I'm glad I did because I've given it probably, you know, seven more shots since then. And each one has been greater than the last. So yeah, so that's my experience. Um, I hope my, my cousin's name is Jasmine and I hope that uh, she will come on as a guest at some point because we do still talk about it sometimes. Um, oh, that'll be, be nice. Because I thank her for, <laughs> as it were, changing my life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's one of my favorite things to say too. Um, is that the show changed my life? Yeah, because we we are now like, I mean, the role you play for your friend and the role I played for many people is like, we can yes. we can serve as the acolytes now that you know it's been four years since it's been off the air, and even though it doesn't seem like the fan activity is even dwindling, um, but yeah. Very happy to be in a world where this show exists. Yes, me too. And just a quick humble brag that I've gotten six of my friends and my mom six. and sister to watch The Vampire Diaries this year. This year? This year. Those are, those are <laughs> impressive numbers. I'm pretty happy about it. And I had one of them, one of the friends, um had watched it all the way through six like a lot of people do oh yeah and, yeah you told me and, about this one yep and then would not watch seven and eight and i convinced her she started it over from the beginning she watched it all the way through and as soon as she finished season eight she jumped right back into one like mm -hmm. i told her she would so <laughs> that's just yeah. my little humble brag brush my shoulders off. that yeah that's that's super <laughs> impressive and i'm very thankful do you get like commission for that or i wish what's the what's the <laughs> what's the deal um yeah i think that's i think with seven and eight it's also important to watch them in conjunction with the rest because i think a lot of people just you know stop after six and they're like oh i guess i'll give them a shot and then because seven and eight are so heavily character based that without all that bedrock there can be a lot of stuff that you know slips away and is hard to grasp onto um but i think as concluding seasons they're amazing i think um, they are too yeah and i and i don't think that it's a different show. I think it's the same show and it's just grown because I mean, it does that in all the other seasons. I mean, it grows through, grows into itself and grows out of itself and grows back into itself again. Um, cause you can't, you can't keep the status quo the same for eight seasons and have it be interesting. Yeah. So, you know, and I know there's a lot of criticism on the final season. Um, but I just, I really feel like they, they did it justice. Um, yeah, and this is a good segue into our trivia and details about right. our episodes is that, um, you know, the fact that the show, the pilot starts with Stefan, um, you know, this is my story and then ends with Stefan's death. I just think that's so perfect because it's, it's like wrapping everything up from his first initial line, his read in on the pilot, like his first monologue to the end of him. Yes. I just, I just 
perfect. Yeah, the show as a whole is many different character stories, but it yes. is in large part Stefan's story. Um, you know, something I I actually only discovered recently because you were saying that a lot of people criticize the last season is that most people like like eight more than seven. Yeah, which is really interesting to me because I like both, but to me seven is way better. Um, but I mean, it's not, you know, like whenever I say, you know, one season of Vampire Diaries is better than the other, uh, listeners keep in mind that this is my favorite show of all time. So everything yeah. <laughs> in it is still head and shoulders above most of the other stuff that I watch. Um, oh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, there's just like, I don't know, I guess I just have, we both just have some sort of like soft spot for seven that other people just haven't discovered, but yeah, I think so. And even though, like, I ultimately ship Delena, I love what Stefan's relationship with her did for her in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there's so many people that ship one way or the other, and they have, you know, big opinions, and sometimes it's anti the other. Um, and I'm definitely not anti any ships. I'm right. going to constantly say that that I really do ship. I mean, we can't say it enough because among other things, the Vampire Diaries fan community is known for its very toxic ship wars and which even had an impact on the show. I mean, that's a large part of the reason why Delena was Endgame, you know? Yeah. Um, Because the original plan, I think, was to have Stefan and Delena get back together. Um, But yeah, Twitter is a scary place. Uh, or at least Julie Plack thinks so. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, so what the things you said were actually very good segues into the trivia that I have, because the first thing that I only recently learned was that when they had the pilot all put together and showed it for like the test screening or whatever, mm-hmm. um, they didn't have the voiceover at the beginning. Oh, wow. I didn't So it know just that. started with Elena, you know, waking up and writing in her journal or whatever. And the first even hint of vampirism that happens is like when he compels the lady at the school or whatever in the original like draft that they have. And so like the, the, you know, the test screeners were like, yeah, you should like put something at the very beginning that establishes that this is a supernatural thing because it totally changes the feel of the show to have it start that way, you know? And I never really thought about it, how much that does change it. To have that very moody, you know, foggy forest shot and his dramatic voiceover or whatever. And yeah, I just thought that was super interesting that that it almost felt very different. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like that is just such an like the intro is so iconic. I can almost recite it word for word. Um, Oh, yeah. Well, I I actually have it written down and I'm actually going to do that right now. I was hoping you would. (laughs) I'm glad. (laughs) Yes, I wrote it down by hand. To give it the justice it deserves. I love it. Uh, yeah, so I, before that I wrote, Stefan's is the first voice we hear, and Damon's is the last. Um, because at the end, when Damon finally dies, um, Stefan says Damon when he opens the door, and Damon says, hello, brother. And then they hug, and it fades to white, and I'm crying just thinking about it. <laughs> I love it so much. Anyway, but eight seasons before that, <laughs> and we have our humble beginnings. For over a century, I have lived in secret, hiding in the shadows, alone in the world, until now. 
I am a vampire, and this is my story. Perfect. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't even didn't even didn't even practice. Just straight from the heart, straight from the pipes. That was just brilliant. I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Kale. <laughs> yes, I have, I have some more fun facts about early stages of the pilot. Yay. Um, Paul came in to. We love our name change actors and actresses. I got to look up Nina's so I don't mess it up um, because I always do. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nick, Nicolina Kamenova de Breva. Yes. And then uh, Paul's is Pavel Vasilevsky. You um, should hear my 11 year old say Nina's name. And... <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> That's awesome. No, oh, she just, she loves to look up the actors and yeah. see everything about them she's very much like me <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i i can't relate to that at all <laughs> oh, yeah so, so so paul came in to do the adr which is like the um the dialogue dubbing or whatever and they also had him do the uh voiceover or whatever um mm-hmm. and he said i'm trying to find the exact quote Oh yeah, I re- this is this is Paul directly. I remember going for, in for ADR and doing the voiceover, and I was like, "So, what do you guys think? Do you think the show is going to go well?" And Marco Siega was just like, "Just get ready." <laughs> <laughs> so I think yeah. So they were like, once they, I mean, they were they said they were already happy with what they had when they had the original version, but I think once mm. they added, you know, those final touches, um, yeah. I mean, and the rest is history. Uh, I love that. Yeah, so another thing I was going to say, oh yeah, wait, hold on. Uh, there, there's a thing about the the jump at the beginning. Um, yeah, so Siega says, if I'm sitting in a room and that scene pops up, I turn away. My least favorite shot in the entire series is when Paul jumps off the roof at the very beginning. <laughs> I completely agree. That was, <laughs> that was one of the things where I was like, will I stick with it? Yeah. I don't know. Paul just jumped <laughs> the way, feet. The way, no, wait, what, according to that summary you read, though, it was like hundreds of feet, right? <laughs> yes, oh my gosh. It's so funny. He jumps hundreds of feet to the ground, and I'm like, um, yeah, that gotta, house is 30 feet tall. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> love obscure uh, TV episode summaries. Oh, yeah. Um, the hyperbole. Yes. <laughs> phenomenal Uh, yeah that Um, little that little like foot flutter he does right before he hits the ground (laughs) yeah so okay so this is so this is interesting so um the wire stunts were only for the pilot because they had a wire rig in vancouver but not in atlanta um and so Uh like any like super big flying stunts like that they would have had to fly a bunch of people out and it would have been really expensive um and so they decided to just ground the you know, physicality of the supernatural is more, uh, which I think was a good decision because, you know, Vampire Diaries violence is pretty stylized, but it also feels real pretty much all the time. Um, and I think that was a, you know, so many of these decisions early on were just like good in ways that the people deciding them could never have imagined, you know, like choosing, like casting Nina for Elena like obviously she was good and her demo tapes were good or whatever, but I don't think they could have foreseen, you know, the magic that happens in season two and then on out when she's playing Catherine and Elena at the oh, same yeah. time. Oh yeah. 
another fun fact, 99% sure that the set they use for the Salvatore mansion that is then changed uh, when they started filming in Georgia is the same set that is used for Thistle House in Riverdale. Oh, wow. Like the house that Cheryl moves to after she burns down her mansion. Yeah. Which, which makes awesome. sense because Riverdale is filmed in Vancouver. Um, so, yeah, I, I actually didn't look that up to verify. I just noticed it, so I could be wrong, but I'm, like, pretty sure. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so these are the details that you just notice over and over again, or what after watching over oh, yeah. and over again. Uh, and finally, the last like actor tidbit I found is that Jenna or Sarah Canning, who plays Jenna Somers, um, when they shot the pilot, is now it was younger than I am now, me, baby Jack. She was 21 years old. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I could not believe that, like, I knew that she was younger than everyone, but, like, I had never, like, looked up how old she actually was then. Um, yeah. But, yeah, wow. So, she was, like, probably the, other than Nina, the youngest there. Or, in Cat, yeah, and Cat, I think Cat's younger than, than them all, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know, and that, like, one of my notes on the episode is always, like, the first thing that I think is, oh, my gosh, Nina looks so young in this episode, in this season. And, like, I remember feeling like season four is really, for me, when Nina starts looking, like, more mature and older. Yes. Um, And I love that. I love how young she looks Um, in the beginning. I actually found the Sarah Canning stuff because I was looking up because we had during our test run, we had talked about uh, how like for the actors, uh, how different it would be from like their home climates or whatever to film in Georgia. Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, Sarah Canning's from Canada, just like Nina. And she said when she first moved there, um, she lived with Nina. And so I guess they shared in that, uh, displays Canadian experience and she said at first it was the heat in the summer I couldn't believe how hot it was when I got off the plane I was like okay what the hell do I do in this weather I packed all my <laughs> jeans away and bought like 15 dresses as soon as I got off the plane it's kind of sexy and once you get used to it it's kind of nice and basically <laughs> any every word that I read that has come out of Sarah Canning's mouth makes me want to hang out with her more she's the best I love she her she is the best I have a random fun fact. Um, Sarah, Candace, um, Kayla, and Nina were all arrested in Georgia during um, season one for uh, flashing oncoming traffic up on a bridge. I read that, and I don't think I thought I think that was like an urban legend or whatever because oh. they did the mug shots. Um. Oh no! It was it, it was um, Monroe County deputies caught them dangling from a bridge. Oh no! And numerous and numerous drivers called nine one one to report the women were flashing their chests from an interstate overpass. <laughs> yes, I like I swore it was real because I remembered like looking at something about oh, the photographer. Oh okay, here we go. The cast denied that they were doing that. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> the TV do the TV do the. The TVD crew did wind up paying some fines, and somewhere in the annals of the internet archives, their six mugshots can still be found. <laughs> the annals, it's like the first result on Google. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
Yeah, and they look great in those mug shots, of course. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, and another fun fact that I thought you would think was interesting. Yay. The, uh, the town that the real-life Mystic Falls that I'm, I'm sure at least some of our listeners have been to in real life. Yes. Uh, that we hope to make our pilgrimage to someday as well. Um, it's called Covington, Georgia, not actually in Virginia. Um, and actor Ian Somerhalder, who plays Damon, of course, is from Covington, Louisiana. Yeah. Like, that's his hometown. So it's like the same name as the town that he would end up filming the show that was his breakout. Um, I love that. Yeah, so just so many cool little coincidences and mistakes and things. Like, I was reading about how Paul, like, was not their first choice, and they, like, went through 15 people before getting him. Um, and it's just, like, you know, things that were probably last-minute decisions or just, like, fines or whatever turned into the best choices that they possibly could have made. Yes, um, you couldn't imagine it any differently. Yeah. Um, truly, truly magic. Yes. Yeah, so we'll probably keep sharing fun little tidbits throughout. I love that. Um, but we'll just go into details we wanted to bring up about the episodes. Yeah. Um, in the first few episodes, we don't get too many um, actors other than the main stars because you don't want to, you know, bombard new audiences with all these names to remember. Um, but actually, the first people we see um, that... Oh, yeah, the, so the pilot, they must have had the... Um, the attack in it at the beginning. So I guess that wasn't good enough for the test watchers or whatever for it to be supernatural enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the random mystic followers that are driving home from the wannabe James Blunt concert are <laughs> Darren, Darren Malloy played by Steve Belford and Brooke Fenton played by Cindy Busby, both of whom um, were in supernatural actually. Yeah. And uh, Cindy Busby has a starring role in My Husband's Killer Girlfriend on Lifetime. So if you're looking for something to watch <laughs> this weekend, uh, check it out. Uh, we also get our first needle drop, sort of, by Silver Sun Pickups. And we get a classic um, Damon kill, empowered by the lore limbo that vampires are in for the first few episodes is that he fl flies down the road like a goddamn bat and <laughs> picks her up <laughs> like it like an eagle in his claws and it's awesome uh, that's actually the the um the chomp that he or he the chomp for that he kills Darren with is the chomp that we use in the intro if you heard that yeah um, cuz i i just love the way they never use that exact they never use that cheesy ass sound effect ever again and but it's just the best <laughs> yeah, and I, I was so I was also reading about um, why they had so many songs. I mean, we counted there are twelve original songs used in just the pilot, yep. and thirty-one total um, in this whole chapter. So these three episodes. Yeah. Um, and basically, it was like just a common practice at the time, especially for CW type shows to just pack pilots with popular songs. Mm -hmm. So that would be a big part of the budget that they would give for pilots, it would be like certain parts earmarked for, you know, song rights or whatever. So that's why they, you know, they put in one, the One Republic song, 
and the Frey song, which they were gushing about how well it fit, which I think we <laughs> will agree to. Yes. Really just so Vampire Diaries. Um, but yeah, I just, I thought that was another, you know, good magical bit of the cocktail that generated the show was that they started the awesome music use from the very beginning um, and obviously continued it because through season eight, the music is always on point, both the original score and the songs they use. Oh, yes. And we've both made playlists with all yes. of our favorite songs. All yes, yes, yes. Any song we can find, basically, from the show. Yeah, there's a lot of um, ones that like aren't available anymore. Um, like the Snow Patrol song that you can't get because it's not on Spotify. And the like Bloodstream, the like t special TVD remix of Bloodstream is not streamable either. So, you know, things are starting to fade away. Yeah. But that's why we make podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with episode one, obviously it's the pilot, so it's going to be a bunch of firsts, but a lot of firsts that I don't think we realize are firsts. Um, like, it's the first time you hear Stefan say, it was a night of great loss, and then great loss comes up multiple times throughout mm -hmm. season one. Um, and I think like, well, within this chapter, the first three episodes, they bring up humanity for the first time. Um, you know, there's just a lot of knowledge that we're getting dropped on us, um, mm -hmm. about the vampires, the lore, every, like all of their little parlor tricks and certain words that are eventually going to just be common like i say humanity more now than i ever have in my life because of this oh, yeah. show but i thought that was kind of cool to like once you start re-watching you realize all of these things that you missed and i think that was a big one for me was hearing for him sure. say a night of great loss and then later in the series he tells elena you know she suffered a great loss and yeah that that's in uh that's when she shows up to the game and she isn't in her uniform, right? Yep. He says that. Yep. Yeah. Oh, great scene. Great scene. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like um, I've, it's very clear immediately that we hate, we hate Tanner. Um, yes, very clear. <laughs> like, he, in, like the first things you hear him say are like, cute becomes dumb in an instant to Bonnie and mm -hmm. then the embedded jock stereotype. <laughs> That whole he just roasts his whole class there. Yes, and then like talking about you know Elena's parents and I've made ex or I've let things slide and that's that ended or whatever. Like he's just I love to hate him. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's he's like such a good jackass teacher. Like just every every fucking line is so punchable. Like like the, just the the escalation of like. Like, the, the cute becomes dumb in an instant is, like, kind of jokey. And then, you know, Matt, like, makes things lighthearted when he says, I'm cool with it. And then he just tears into Elena about her dead parents. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's just, like, the whole thing is just, wow. And then the whole date thing with Stefan, where he, like, Stefan says, I'm good with dates, sir. And he goes, how good? 
and he like puts his tongue behind his teeth and like bites his lip like he's turned on and it's yes. the grossest it's, thing. <laughs> it is the most awkward, but also you're just like, oh, you're about to get roasted and I oh, love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even if you're even if you haven't seen it, you know Stefan's about to fuck some shit up. Yes. <laughs> It's just like my favorite roasting of a character in this series, probably. Like, I mean, even I mean, even the uh, in the first episode, the founders' archives are in City Hall. If you want to brush up on your facts, Mister Tanner is a good one. Oh yeah. And even in that one, like like Tanner sort of like looks at him and smiles, like you got me. So it's like he has this weird sort of like man respect for him that just makes me feel icky. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, just just the icky character, like we said. Gone too soon, not soon enough. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was gonna, also going to say about Benjamin Ayers, he was uh, in the show Saving Hope for a while with the one and only Daniel Gillies also on that show. Yeah. So one of the many, you know, beyond show connections that these actors are going to have. And I'm also, one more thing about Tanner, I'm pretty damn sure that he has a picture of Robert E. Lee. <laughs> next to the blackboard behind him no. i'm not 100 i'm not 100 sure but i'm pretty sure it's robert ely oh my gosh i have never noticed that. <laughs> yeah no because I, I i was like suspicious about that and i paused it and i was like i looked up photographs and i couldn't find the exact one but it really looks like him man i'll send you i'll send you the screenshot i mean it's like it's like one of those things you can't be surprised by and i and also like he has this like tan military looking uniform hanging from it later that totally looks like a confederate uniform um so yeah just get, getting started from the very beginning with the southern small town nonsense yes okay um so i mentioned earlier um the series starts with, you know, Stefan's monologue, This Is My Story, and ends with Stefan's death. And there's a couple other things in the pilot that mirror the finale. Mm-hmm. Um, Elena does a diary entry in the cemetery. In the finale, um, you know, she's sitting in the cemetery as well, in her scrubs, writing in her diary. Um, with so a I love- fresh new haircut. Yes, that so is, I love that. Is that. Not, that is not a wig. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, also, you know, Stefan says, you and me, it's not going to happen mm-hmm. to Caroline. And then, I mean, obviously we all know that that happens because I'm a Steriline yeah, shipper. Yeah, this is a very much pro Steriline podcast to any haters out yes. there. <laughs> it's just so hard for me to understand the haters. <laughs> And they're very vocal, too. Yeah, I love everyone's opinion on the show because it just shows how, like, vast the characters are and different things that it grasps in people. And, um, for better or worse, how vast the fan base is and how diverse yeah. it is. You're obviously right, going like, to get a lot of sus stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, so many different opinions, and I'm fine with it. I'm just... I'm, I feel like my heart is just so much in this show that I can't hate on anything. Mm-hmm. Like, like truly hate on it. Like, there are some people that truly hate Delena. Um, and there's some people that truly hate Steriline. Um, and so it's like, it's, it's just one of those things that I, it's just not possible for me. I just am such a lover of this show. <laughs> yeah. The, anal- the analogy I always love to make is between... Delena 
and myself in the show comparing those two <laughs> relationships. Um, you know, you and I, Bobby, obviously both huge Selena fans. You probably more than me. Um, yeah. Even though I might have longevity on you because I was reading fanfics back in 2015. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got me there. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously there's you know, plenty to hate about Delena and plenty to love about them. And that's why they're so great because on screen, a relationship is not, you know, assessed by the same quality standards that it is in real life. Like the most entertaining relationship is not the healthiest relationship. Um, yeah. And I mean, you know, the you know, writers make no bones about the fact that Elena and Damon are toxic for each other at times. Um, are really good for each other at other times, and it's a vampire show, so that's just how it goes. Um, and a lot of that is very comparable to my relationship with the show because I love it so damn much. Um, oh, yeah. But also, you know, have no shortage of complaints about it. Um, and so I will always be criticizing and complimenting in equal measure all with the passion that no other show can give me, you know, it's just like, it incites so much emotion that like it overflows out of the love slash appreciation category and starts getting into like other areas, you know, just like, I don't even know mm -hmm. what to do with all my TV love. So I agree with you. So, yeah. So I, I think, so in the, um, the sexy Delena parent teacher conference, when they go for Jeremy, um, Mm -hmm. And they're in the like chemistry classroom and you can like mm -hmm. sort of hear the teacher like talking up at the blackboard and he's like talking about like the, the labs they're doing or whatever. And you can hear him say the destructive reactions are the ones your students are most interested in. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the best yes. little detail. Um, but yeah, I mean that episode more than any just shows you what's going on. And it's like, I guess it is a love it or hated thing. Um, but man, people really, really like to be mean about it. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, speaking of being mean about it, uh, everyone's opinions of Caroline at the beginning is something that really stands out to me. Um, and because my initial watching reaction was the same, um, I was very much like, "Ugh, Caroline, that girl, mm -hmm. like, and then you realize like, they're intentionally doing that and it, they expand on her and develop her so much throughout the whole series that she essentially becomes my favorite character. One of my favorite characters in the whole show. I think, I think she is my favorite character. Yeah. I it, like, it's, yeah, it's, it's such a hard question to answer because there are so many different qualifications that you can make. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Wow. I, I mean, and I, I, I find it really hard to remember like what my opinion was of her from the very beginning, but I also find it hard to like, I can't imagine hating her for like the whole first season, like after, yeah. after episode three or like after all the Damon stuff, I mean, we get some insight with her mom. Like, I mean, you even see what she's doing with Damon when she like brings him to the party and walks him past her mom or whatever. Like that tells you everything yeah. you need to know. Um, oh yeah. And so it's just like, I don't, you know, at what point are you just trying to hate a character? Like, I mean, we'll, right. we'll, we'll talk about everyone's, you know, uh, the audience's constant unfair treatment of Bonnie when Bonnie's upset about something 
rightfully upset about something, everyone's like, just get over it. Stop being mean to Elena. Um, yeah. Yeah. So just, just constant stuff like that. Um, but you know, it's whatever. This is why we create our own spaces, um, with people that love everything rather than one thing and hate everything else. I agree. And I feel like it's, it's a better experience watching the show. If you go into it where you're not going to dis like choose and pick and choose hating something or loving something. Like if you just go into it, love it all. I feel like you're going to get the most out of the show. For sure. Yeah. I mean, closed mindedness never really got anyone anywhere, but especially not with this. True. Um, a lot of other firsts, um, Bonnie's first psychic experience when she touches the beer bottle um at the bonfire and she says i saw a crow actually it was when she predicted Heath Ledger, so you're wrong oh i <laughs> forgot about that <laughs> she 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 touched uh um like a brokeback mountain dvd case and she was like oh! <laughs> 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 or I, what's the what's the like big movie the teen movie that he was in in like the 90s um, we should definitely know this. <laughs> yeah, why is it blanking in my it's one, head? It's ten, the one where she like reads ten, yeah, ten things I hate, I hate about, about you. you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That that was what that was the thing that gave her the the death premonition for Heath. Um, but anyway, <laughs> now that we figured that out, back to the her seeing the crow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So she sees the crow. Um, there's just so many like big beginnings i feel like and that's why your chapter title is so perfect for this the beginning because it's just these first three episodes give us so much information and so many firsts and obviously it's first because it's the beginning of the series but you don't realize it's a first until you finish the series because so many of these things continue throughout the show even just the concept, that concept of firsts is sort of unique. I mean, I don't think a lot of shows are as self-referential and effectively yeah. repetitive as TVD is. Uh, just with the way it repeats motifs and repeats quotes and um, the basis it lays down is so strong that it just can keep drawing from that and the love that that created to create new love in the future. Um, and then, you know we create new love by taking the stuff in the future and going back and watching the past stuff. Yes. So just so many, so many great experiences to be had by watching it over and over and over again. So come to the dark <laughs> side is the moral of the story. We want, we want you here. <laughs> yeah. Watch the whole thing in a week is the moral <laughs> of the story. Tell people it's healthy and okay. <laughs> um, my first reaction seeing Catherine in the pilot when he pulls out the he pulls out his old journal opens it up and the picture of Catherine is there um I obviously like I said before had no spoilers so I really had no idea what this meant um and I remember thinking like is this actually Elena and she doesn't know she's had her mind erased like I couldn't figure it out on my own and that's something that like, my mind is just constantly going when I binge shows like this, and I'm, like, unfortunately, because it's not even something that I intend to do, but I'm always thinking about, like, what's actually going on, and how are they trying to trick me? So, 
I was really yeah. like, what is this picture of Catherine? Who's Catherine? And I remember having that reaction and that feeling. Catherine is a big part of, you know, the initial mystery that I was talking about. But that also extends far beyond. I mean, we don't find out the answer really until arguably season four finale, more really like beginning yeah. of season five. Um, and it's just like, it's never really answered until then. Like, I mean, it's like, they just say that she's a descendant because that's what they like. That's the only possibility they could think of, you know? And like the audience knows because they flash back to 1864 and Catherine's there and she's obviously a different person. Um, but it's just so interesting the way that's set up. And we were talking about how a lot of, there are a lot of lore things dumped on you like the daylight ring, um, the animal blood, uh, but there are also things that are shown yeah. rather than told. So when Damon comes, or I mean, sort of when Elena invites Stefan in at the end of the pilot, and then also when Damon and Caroline come, and Stefan is trying to get Elena to not invite him in, they never explicitly say a vampire needs to be invited in a private dwelling to be able to get in. But you clearly see that. Like, that's exactly what's happening. And... It's cool that they can also do that on a larger scale, just like leave things up for interpretation and not explain them and sort of to let you figure it out, even though I don't think anyone could have figured out the doppelgangers thing <laughs> yeah. on their own. Yeah, I think. But yeah, I mean, uh, like a lot of people, like just before I want to do my quick little rant on people criticizing mm -hmm. season five for like going back on the lore and the history, whatever. And one with shows with such a breadth of history retconning is a huge part um and like accommodative retconning so like making new stories within the shells that the old mm -hmm. stories make possible yeah. you know um but it, it also doesn't like a lot of times in the vampire diaries they just think something is the explanation for how magic works or how a certain spell or you know supernatural thing works and they're just wrong yeah. because they don't know and so like when the show tells us what it is why don't we believe it? <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I also wanted to say something, I, a weird little thing I noticed um, is that in like towards the end of the pilot, when Vicky is waking up in the hospital, mm -hmm. and, like Matt's there, the song playing is Siren Song by, hold on, I wrote it down. Yeah. By Bat for Lashes. To Siren come Uh, song is called Siren Song, which, you know, the, just the name foreshadows um, season eight. But also, the singer says the phrase, my name is Pearl. Like the, like the speaker's name in the song, his name is Pearl. Um, so I thought that yeah. was interesting. Because obviously we get Pearl later yeah. in the season, who is a beloved character. Yep. I, I love Pearl so much. I ship Pearl with me. Yes. Oh, well, I mean, I ship Pearl with you after I ship Pearl with me. But <laughs> just to make that clear, I do. I, there is plenty of love there, but not as much. <laughs> um, oh, I'm excited for some lines. I have some, too. Yes. We can, we can, we can trade off. <laughs> Yay. Um, just know, or yeah, what, what Bonnie says, it's a hot back. It's a hot back. Which 
<laughs> when she's looking at Stefan, which is the closest thing we ever get to romantic Bonnie and Stefan, which <laughs> is probably for the best, honestly. Yes. Um, in response to emo Jeremy's look and quite possibly the worst haircut of any character of the entire series, um, Tyler says, hey, Pete Wentz called. He wants his nail polish back. Oh. <laughs> and then, and then, but Jeremy counters, Pete Wentz, huh? How old school TRL of you? Carson Daly fan? And this same dynamic that happens in one of the early episodes of Riverdale where Reggie and Jughead are going at it and Jughead says some dumb quip. He says, uh, like Reggie accuses him of doing things to the body and Jughead says, it's called necrophilia, Reggie. Can you spell it? And it's not even a good burn. And Carson Daly fan is also not a good burn. But it makes both Reggie and Tyler go nuts. And immediately oh, yeah. want to punch the scrawny kid. And I think it's hilarious. Like, I love it. Man, that, that, that dynamic between Jeremy and Tyler is great. Like, I mean, you don't like Tyler very much. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, like, any sympathy for Tyler comes in until episode 10. When you see his dad in the mood and everything. I agree. Um, but, I mean, just that, I don't know, like, something about their dynamic makes me want to like him more than I should. Tyler, that is. Yeah. Um, you know, beyond the fact that they are, you know, made for each other, that they are the, the one true ship of Vampire oh, Diaries. Jeremy is my um, all-time ship. I am uh, obsessed with them. Yeah, Kayla has actually written three Terami fan fictions, all <laughs> all full length, all published, bound books. Pick them up at your nearest bookstore. <laughs> oh God, I wish that was true though. Yeah, you make so little money. <laughs> it would you're be like oh, nice you're like oh yay, my monthly royalties check, <laughs> four tenths of a cent. I love it. Oh, but it would it would be you know. Um, yeah, but you you you'd be so much more complete, woman. Yes, priceless to me. Priceless. <laughs> uh, um, we also we also get um, he's a Gemini and his favorite color is blue. He's a Gemini and his favorite color is blue. That's not even true. Yeah, I'm the Gem Gemini thing is definitely not true because Stefan is a Scorpio, correct? Correct. Um, and. Also pretty sure his favorite color is not blue. I don't think that's ever actually confirmed, but I don't know. I actually don't know what I would put as Stefan's favorite color. Um, I would say black. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He, he feels like too, like, I feel like Damon would say black just to be an asshole. Um, yeah. But Stefan would be like, like crimson or something. <laughs> It's all, all of his some blue. Yeah, some three-syllable-ass <laughs> pretentious color. Yes. Oh, I love that. Um, so I have, when Bonnie tells Caroline, it's not a competition, Caroline. And Caroline says, yeah, yeah it, it is. is. It's not a competition, Caroline. Yeah, it is. And I just, like, that scene, she's just truly, like, vulnerable. I know yeah. she's drunk, um, but she really lets it all out in that scene and just shows, you know, how how deep her insecurity runs. And I, I love learning that about Caroline. I feel like, um, you know, she can represent so many people with her personality on the show. Kale, Kale is pro-insecurity. You heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm 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 pro honesty. Okay, fair honesty. enough. <laughs> pro emotional intelligence. Yes. Um, that's it. Dude, Candace nails like drunk Caroline in this season. Oh, yeah. Like here with the the competition thing. Um, we, we she also says, "Do you ever notice how the dr- druggies are always the biggest attention whores?" Oh yeah. That's an actual line. <laughs> And Not Bonnie's to, yeah. just like, yeah. Yeah, well, Bonnie, yeah, Bonnie's like totally distracted thinking about how, <laughs> what consequences she's going to face for saying the phrase T-R-A-N-N-Y mess earlier in the hallway. Oh, oh, that gets me every time. Uh, yep, yeah, it always stings. It does. Our girl. Um, oh my gosh, we have, uh, first horny Stefan eyes. Oh, yes. When, yes. When Elena says, it wasn't passionate. <laughs> no, it wasn't and, passionate. And Stefan's eyes are just horny Yeah, he, he doesn't even... Yeah, those, those are the horny ones because, like, that's when he, like, doesn't even realize it's happening. That's, like, vamp, yep. that's like vamp boner is what I called it. Yes, it's the same that happens in the kitchen. Yes. Later, when they're, when he's cooking with his oh, mozzarella. Well, oh, well, no, because she cuts her hand. Oh, she that. cuts her yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this, this is the rare um, arousal eyes. <laughs> they are. Yeah, so... But like, they're so good. So good. I mean, and they use that, they keep using that exact same effect for the rest of the show, so they really, really nailed it early on. Um, they just did. Like, a lot of things with the eyes. I think in that scene, when they were outside talking... Um, Mm -hmm. they were talking about how they wanted to make it like a really good high chemistry meet cute, which I think it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you, whether or not you ship Stelena or not, they have a great, like innocent chemistry together. Just like the, you know, the lovers getting together and like their love being the only real story rather than them being established characters that, you know, getting together. I think it works well for that. Yes, Rose um, describes it very well uh, when she's talking to Jeremy in Denver or on their drive back from Um, Denver, and she says it's pure. Yes. But that's not what Elena needs. (laughs) Or once. I just, I love them so much. Yeah, so he was saying, so Paul was saying that they like, they did something where they reflected like a bit of white light like under their eyes as they were talking so it gives this like little sparkle um like as they interact for the first time or whatever and Mm -hmm. i was like that is so like who thinks of that shit like you when you're making like teen dramas like the attention to detail you show to you know like the most granular things to make the romance pop the most it possibly can is Mm -hmm. super interesting it is Oh, don't forget Andy Flowered, Andy Flowered. Um, when Vicky's like that's saying she doesn't want anyone to know that she deflowered Elena's kid brother. And he says, oh, yes. and deflowered, and deflowered. And deflowered, and deflowered. <laughs> so many, so many, like, I mean, that one kind of makes sense. But then the line that he says where Matt's like, she's my sister and I love her. But sometimes she can really make you work for it. And Jeremy's just like, I find it pretty easy. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? So weird. Like, are you calling are you calling his sister easy? Are you complimenting her by saying it's easy to love her, but he looks like so mad? Like, I don't I don't understand what he's trying to say. So, it's <laughs> a lot of a lot of Jeremy confusion that oh yeah doesn't go away for pretty much the whole show. 
Yeah. The writers don't know what to do with them either. It's fine. Guys, I have the softest spot for Jeremy in my heart. Oh, yeah. This is this is also... Well, pro-Jeremy seems like a bit of a stretch, but it um, very uh, Jeremy appreciative podcast. We'll say that. Yes, we love our boy. I love Jer. I do. He's like my little brother. Yeah. He's everyone's little brother. Yes. Even, even when he chops off heads. <laughs> or even when he rips his shirt off in the middle of the living room. <laughs> oh, I love that. I don't know if love. Um, I don't know if love's the word I'd use. <laughs> when he's just screaming. Ah! <laughs> oh. Oh, and, and David. David says, "Isn't that the episode?" And David says, "Here we go." And then the episode ends. I think. Like that's so badass. I love. I love that island stuff in the middle of season four. Like I don't fault anyone for. You know, thinking the first half is a little rough, but man, yeah, good stuff. So, Twilight uses the word glamour, and we see compulsion for the first time in episode two. Yes, um, and I like how I like compulsion better as a term to like compelling someone. Compulsion, I like that better than glamour. Um, that they use in Twilight. So, I mean, there's obviously a lot of um, similarities between Twilight and I've heard also Buffy and Vampire Diaries. Like, there's a lot of similarities. Oh, yeah. But I like, I like the differences. I, like, I prefer the term compulsion. Um, you know, I prefer the way that the vampires look. I prefer burning in the sun rather than sparkling in, in the sun. Um, so I can't imagine why. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, like, I mean, I'm biased because I've never been a fan of Twilight. I really, yeah. I, I like the first movie because it is fun to watch, and I think it is a masterpiece of 2000s pop culture, but I don't, it's not, I don't, I don't love it the same way I do Vampire Diaries. And I, I don't think I'd think of a single, like, storyline or lore tidbit that, Twilight does better, but I'm also not a, a big enough fan to really say it for sure. Um, yeah, but def- definitely, same. definitely Buffy. Like I know, like the the hunt, the potential hunters storyline came from Buffy, um, which Kevin Williamson also worked on, of course. Um, so yeah, so they they a lot of a lot of it has been you know reused and repurposed, um, but done better, I think. Uh, yeah. Okay, so I think we've um, covered a lot of the stuff that we like in these episodes. Um, so I think now will be a good time to sort of introduce the rest of the structure ideas that we had. Um, okay. We have some uh, awards that we're going to give out at the end, some like superlative style uh, prizes for the best whatever in the chapter. Um, more about that later, um, but those should be pretty fun. Um, yeah. And I think before then, though, we're going to talk about lore and then ships. Um, so lore for these episodes is pretty fun because it's all the introductory vampire stuff. We get daylight rings, we get the eyes and the hunger, we get animal blood versus human blood, we get inviting in, we get the speed and the strength, Um yeah, that's about that's that's the essentials, right? Um, um, we get compulsion, yeah, compulsion and 
uh, we get Vervain. Vervain, right. Good call. And uh, I don't think um, the wooden stake comes in until the next few episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't know exactly how one would kill a vampire yet, necessarily. Um, but yeah, so we, we know a lot. And now going back, it's interesting to see how all of the you know history that we learn later, both later in Vampire Diaries and in the originals, ties into the stuff we see early on. Obviously, it's not all mm-hmm. perfect because retcons don't work 100% of the time. Um, but we'll try our best to explain around it because it's fun to do that. Um, so in the originals, just a minor spoiler, uh, you learn at the beginning of Season 5 that there are certain vampires places that do not believe in using daylight rings. So I think there are... The daylight rings was a in large part a Bennett spell that was then circulated around. Um, and I, I mean, obviously the heretics got a hold of it. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think it was super widespread of a thing until, you know, much later, like, um, you know, present day. Um, but still, I mean, Lexi didn't have one. Rose didn't have one. Um, and they sort of, they, don't, they never really say for sure whether it was by choice or by lack of access. I mean, Lexi does say something like, I don't have one of those fancy little daylight rings or whatever, but she doesn't say, yeah. like, I couldn't get one. Because Stefan could probably get one made for her or whatever. She really wanted one. And so it's right. just, like, interesting to, like, some vampires are like, I can't go in the sun, and that's the way it's supposed to be, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so we learn that interesting aspect of vampire culture. Um, and so you, like, wonder, you know, were Lexi and Rose those you know, vampire essentialists that, you know, didn't, I mean, Rose probably didn't ever have time to settle down and befriend any witches. So I guess that makes sense. Um, but yeah, so like, it's always interesting to think about that. And then also in the originals, you get the like day walkers versus night walkers in new Orleans. So like the, you know, highest ranking vampire lieutenants or whatever would be the ones who got the daylight rings. And then everyone else was like kept in line through the promise of getting a daylight ring. Um, so it can be used in that way. Um, yeah, so vampire culture is something we'll get into later. I think especially with season seven, because it opens a lot of that up. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then we also hear about compulsion, which is going to become very important. Um, that the, the, is When Damon says, when he's talking to Stefan after trying to kiss Elena... Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's been a while since anyone has been able to resist my compulsion. Is that the first time it's said? Yep. Yep. Oh, and it and it seems so natural. Like it's like because like I didn't know for sure that that was the first time it was said because it just seems like, you know, it's just very smooth, yeah. smoothly done. Um. Yeah, Del- Damon's delivery of that line is pretty great too. Um, like I, I, I remember, like I can see his face in my head saying yes, the word compulsion. So it's been a while since anyone could resist my compulsion. It's just, it's definitely like little tidbits like that that like suck you in. You're just like, he's so good. <laughs> uh, yes. Also, something I wanted to mention is that in season eight we get more information about psychics and the relationship of psychic abilities to magic Mm -hmm. um which is something i like to think a lot about like the connection there um because we don't really hear about any witches until um like the turn of the millennium or like the like zero ad or whatever um when 
Silas and Ketsia were around. But before that, like, Arcadius is said to be, like, the first supernatural whatever, and he was a psychic, and then the Sirens were psychic. So, like, I want to say that psychics are, like, a like an early form of witches, mm-hmm. and that the psychic, psychic energy is essentially, like, the same thing as magic, and it's just, like, being able to channel it is what separates yeah. witches from psychics. Um, because, I mean, we see with Bonnie, like, she's been, you know, we see in... Uh, the originals and legacies that there are witches that can be taught magic very young, uh, but Bonnie isn't, and so she has lived most of her, you know, childhood without any knowledge of magic, and so it makes sense that if she didn't know how to channel it, it would start manifesting in, you know, unwanted psychic messages, like the first, the innocuous ones about celebrities and commercials and stuff, and then she starts foreseeing death. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I wonder. I I wonder that it's it's it, like it's interesting how like her progression of what she sees lines up with sort of the downfall of the town. Like the first time she like really sees it as something bad is when she sees the crow when she touches Elena's hand, and then she sees death when she touches Stefan. So witches can identify vampires because they feel that they have died when they touch them. I think that, like, yep. that's exactly what it is. It's not like that they have some sensation. It's like they feel the death that they yep. went through. Um, so, yeah, so it's interesting that she, then she feels that, and then she predicts Tanner's death. So it's like it's just escalating. Um, yeah. And I feel like if she hadn't, if Grams hadn't started teaching her magic, it might have gotten, like, a lot worse, like, not being able to control stuff. And every time I think about the feeling the death and saying like what happened to you to Stefan um I I, then I also think about Bonnie eventually being the anchor and feeling the deaths of everyone that crosses over and that's something that I always like every time someone crosses over I think back to that first time that she felt death in Stefan and I'm just I just love how everything is like intertwined yes throughout the series um, one thing I was going to mention when we were talking about lore is the self-healing that the vampires can do. Cause we have Stefan breaks his finger when Tyler intentionally sacks him and, um, and he just pops his finger back into shape and clearly it's fine. And then later we have, um, the Jeremy breaks the bottle, accidentally stabs Stefan instead of Tyler, um, and his hand instantly heals, and he gaslights the crap out of Elena. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, that's some more um, vampire stuff that's dropped on us in these first couple episodes. And I like that it's subtle, too, because they don't talk about it. It happens. We see it. It's not really explained. Um, I mean, everybody knows that vampires are immortal, you know, but I like how they show it. Yes. Um, and I was also, uh, we'll, we'll learn about desiccation and all that fun stuff in the next chapter. Um, can't wait for that, uh, Zach and Damon conversation. Um, oh, yes. yeah. After I say this next thing, we should talk about Zach real quick because, Okay. Yeah, I mean, he, he deserves a conversation or two. He does. I have plenty of notes about Uncle Zach. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> so what I was going to say, something interesting that I noticed this time, is that in Friday Night Bites, uh, you know, it start, It talks about dates a lot. I mean, the word date is, is said many times, both in the sense of the 
day and in the sense of like the activity. Like Damon says, I got a date, sweaty palms. Wish me luck. I'd run, have a date, sweaty palms. <sighs> Wish me luck. Um, <laughs> fucking asshole, get away from her. Um, <laughs> but I think it's interesting to think about that. And then Bonnie sees 8, 14, 22. My first thought of that was that it would have been a date. So August 14th, 2022, um, something's going to happen, according to Bonnie. <laughs> yes. Right? Right. That's what I thought first, too. Okay, and, good. you know, Elena's little jump in of, we should play the lottery. Yes. Right? <laughs> it's just, it's almost like, it's funny to me how Elena is like, completely not a believer which she explains in her diary entry later and how much she's brushing off bonnie in the beginning until she's finally like tell me what your feeling was mm-hmm. you know she she finally like asks bonnie to explain it to her um so i like that she goes from complete unbeliever to dating a vampire yes <laughs> um i something else i noticed because i always wondered how Caroline like found out about the dinner with Bonnie and Stefan. And I'm, I'm pretty sure what, what happened was that when Elena was like telling Bonnie, she was coming over and wasn't taking no for an answer. And Bonnie said, tonight's no good. I'm pretty sure her and Caroline were supposed to hang out (laughs) because (laughs) Caroline then says, Bonnie says you were doing dinner. So we brought food or whatever. So I think that, like, Elena basically made Bonnie ditch Caroline, and so that's the reason why they dropped by. So she deserves it. Yes, I agree. Um, what are we talking about now? Are we Oh, on... Zach. Zach. Oh, Uncle yeah, Zach. Yes, Uncle Zach. <laughs> yeah, so other than the school administrator lady that Stefan compels to look again to be sure that everything is there... Um, probably one of the worst actors of the whole series and that would certainly in this first part um just some just some really funny line deliveries the constant calling him uncle stefan is hilarious (laughs) i have uncle stefan written in all caps in my notes because (laughs) it's just so outrageous unky steph Oh my god. Yes, yeah, so I said this it was like the opposite of Klaus and Rebecca calling like persistently calling their mother in season three the original witch to like not give away plot developments and like the fact that this is the opposite, that it's trying too hard to give something away and it's not even something that's important. Like they're just trying to show you that Stefan is older than him, but like you pretty much already know that. Um Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, it's weird. And like it's like so weird that this guy who I mean, we we are pretty clear on how he feels about vampires. Like, he doesn't think they're bad people just for who they are, but he doesn't want really want them around because of the death and violence they bring. Why mm-hmm. would he call this, you know, punk kid vampire uncle if that's right. the way he felt about it, you know? Like, it's a weird, <laughs> weird tag of respect that I don't think lines up with the character, but I love hearing him say it, so... <laughs> When he goes, when he goes, is she worth it, Uncle Stefan, this girl you came back for? Is she worth it, Uncle Stefan, this girl you came back for? (laughs) And I I just love, um, you know, Stefan's, like, macho man. Like, I don't have to explain myself to you. I don't have to explain myself. 
Like, he's just like, I will kill you. Oh, yeah. But, like, obviously he wouldn't. But but it's just, like, that power play there by Stefan is... Yeah, so this so this is this is the same Zach who in 1994 Damon brutally murdered his was he his wife? Yes. His wife and um her fetus that she was pregnant with who I think she was close to delivering. Um Yep, very pregnant. Yes, probably arguably the worst thing Damon has ever done. I think even he I... says that. Um but yeah, so like after that happened and he basically did it. He didn't even do it, like, because he was hungry. He just did it as a fuck you to Stefan. Um, yep. And so after that, Stefan erased Zach's memory. So Zach here has been living, presumably, in the boarding house alone for the past 25 years, feeling an immense amount of grief and not knowing why. And yep. the implications of that are truly horrifying. <laughs> They are. It is. It's like, oh, it's just so yeah, awful we, to think about. We see with Jeremy that compelling someone's memory of a traumatic event away doesn't take their actual trauma away. They remember, they don't remember seeing it, but they remember like how they felt and they still have those feelings. So it's just, you. you I mean, so many times we get those like, you know, vampires trying to patch, uh, you know, a hole with a piece of scotch tape, basically. Um, just trying to cover their tracks, but not really caring as much about the people as they would like to say they do by compelling yes. that away. I mean, Stefan especially. Stefan's all righteous, but I mean, just the way he treats Ivy at the beginning of season six, how he just like can't be bothered with her or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's just like pretty much every vampire goes through a stage, even when their humanity's on, where they just just can't be bothered to deal with humans. Um, oh, yeah. And I feel like that, like that, maybe it happens inevitably. Like you live for a certain amount of time inhumanly, and it becomes mm-hmm. like you have to train yourself to believe that they are just as worthy of a life form as you are, which took Damon a lot longer than Stefan. But yeah, um, and when I always think about um, with the compulsion and how it lasts, but you don't understand why you feel the way that you do, I think about that with. Um, Damon and Elena and how easily she gets on with him and kind of has like they have banter like almost immediately they're very comfortable together um I think about the dishwasher scene um Mm -hmm. where they're they're talking to each other and you know she says I'm sorry you lost her too about Catherine and then Damon says I saw you at practice you looked miserable um it's like they know each other and then you find out later yes this is a good point they they do know each other they met before they had this very intense conversation in the parking lot or whatever of that it was the middle of the road (laughs) in the middle of the road waiting for her parents to pick her up and then he compels it away and so watching it the first time you don't think anything of it really you just think they're nice and nice to each other and then you remember that it just always i'm like she was inherently comfortable with him mm-hmm. because it was underneath that compulsion yeah yeah that's a good point and that's why i shipped elena in episode three <laughs> yes. so yeah so my 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 journey with to transitioning the ships i guess um my journey with Elena was at first very devoutly Stelena um, mm-hmm. because I was all about boring but intense romance. Um, 
and I, oh, I was I all love when you say that. <laughs> It's one of yeah, my favorite man. things. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, when you're a kid, you don't have too big of an imagination for that sort of stuff. Um, and so it was like, it was like the most attainable, I think, also. Like, the fact that she met him at school, and they're the same age or whatever, um, it just felt real. And so yeah. I was just like, yeah, this is something I can get behind. And I was really into them. Uh, pretty much any ship that I'm, the shit that I'm most into, I read a bunch of fanfics about it, so I read a bunch of theirs. Um, and I think it was... Because, like, the first time I went through the Delana stuff, I wasn't a Delana shipper. And it, like, didn't make me mad or anything. I just, like, wasn't super about it. Okay. Um, and I'm trying to think. I it, I think it was the, um, the, the necklace thing in 2 by 8 when he tells her he loves her and compels it away. I think that was the moment uh, that I was finally like, okay. Um, oh, the song that plays when she gets that memory back. Yep, I was I was wrong by Sleeper Star. Oh wait, no, wait. When she gets it back, is that a different one? Um, yeah, it's twice by oh, Little Dragon. Nice. Okay, I um, think that one might be on my playlist too. Yeah, so that's when she's in transition, mm-hmm. um, becoming a vampire, and she's getting those memories back. And the way that they those, show those, those scenes, scenes are so cool, dude. <laughs> I mean, they get me in my feels. Ugh. Like, oh my gosh, I I like, I just sob sometimes yeah. when I watch this show, and it doesn't matter how many times I've watched it. I watched the season four finale the other night, like you mentioned, and I watched it twice because my friend fell asleep, and I continued watching the it season, when she fell asleep. The season asleep. four finale is something else, man. It is, and I watched it again the following day because she was ready to watch it, mm-hmm. and so I watched it two two times in two days and sobbed like a baby mm-hmm. both times. Every, it's just it just never gets old for me. Every I swear to God, every fucking time the last the last time I watched it, I like wasn't like super you know close into it. I was just sort of watching it in the background or whatever. Um, but every single time, Stefan and Lexi are in the car. And he says, I've never been to Portland, and turns, and she's not there. Fucking wrecks me. Every single time. Holy shit. I'm crying. My eyes are tearing up right now. The text I got from my best friend was, she's gone? (laughs) Like, like she somehow thought that that she would stay. And, like, I think that's everyone's... Yeah. Every time Lexi shows up, you're like, please, please. Please. Please stay. Yeah. Like it's everyone's like deepest desire to have Lexi back in the show. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I don't know anyone that doesn't love no. Lexi. I think, and I mean, as much as I hate to say it, I think that's a huge part of what makes her character so good is that she isn't in it a lot. It's like yeah. the constant like promise of maybe more, and then not like just the small doses we get of her are so densely charismatic that yes it's just like impossible not to love her and think about her even for you know the 10 11 20 plus episode stretches where she's not even seen or mentioned and then comes back and it's immediately like you know i mean when seven says you know there was someone i was hoping to see today and i didn't you immediately know who he's talking about and you hadn't seen her since probably since season three episode seven right ghost world yep since yeah. Ghost World, it's it, it it's nuts that they can do that. That like that character is so important to people, 
that they can just keep bringing her back and it is a significant thing every time. And then when she comes back in season five, it's like even more affecting. Oh my gosh, season five kills me uh, with Lexi. Yeah. Just her lines and everything that she does to be a good friend. The fact, that she's, just... the fact that she's the only one of them who gives a shit about Bonnie when she's being the compromised anchor or whatever. Yep. She <sighs> says, this is killing you, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yep. And oh, it oh, it wrecks me. What I wouldn't give oh. to have my own life. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So, uh, further ship talk. Let's keep it going. Okay, I'm excited. So, you were talking about you shipped Delena from the beginning. Um, I shipped. Delena from episode three. Um, okay. And so I know he's a villain and I know he has a lot to work on, especially in season one, yeah. season two. I mean, forever, honestly. Yeah. This Look. goes, this goes without saying it's a complex show, complex characters. None of yes. these, none of these people are people that we would support in real life. Um, I, get, I, I entirely yeah. get it. But once I get an inkling of something, when they said the, that stuff to each other at the dishwasher that I read earlier, it, I mean, that was it for me. But I do remember my initial reaction with Stelena and feeling like for her to pick Damon after all of this, after everything in seasons one through three, for her to switch something drastic had has to happen i remember saying that to my sister-in-law just being like i don't see how she's gonna swap Mm -hmm. like i just can't i can't picture how it's gonna happen even though i wanted it to happen i i couldn't imagine because 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 of of how how strong elena's character is Yes, and and how pure Stelena love story is, and like all of the things, like he was exactly what she needed. You know, she tells Matt that at some point. Um, you know, Stefan was exactly what she needed at that time, and I full heartedly agree with that. Mm-hmm. I also agree with what Lexi says when she says, um, you know, she she was the one. Contrary to popular beliefs, you can have more than one mm-hmm. or multiple or something, and. I just, all of that makes me feel okay for shipping everyone that I ship. (laughs) And she will always be an epic love. Yes. Yeah, I I mean, every time, like, the, like, I don't know, like, thinking Elena could, is, was, like, totally unhinged for switching to Damon, um, was, is something that I, like, can't even get in the headspace of now going back because it just seems so natural for her and the way she's growing and becoming a vampire. Um, I've said it once, I'll say it again. I don't think the sire bond was necessary for what they wanted to do with it. Um, I agree. We'll talk about that plenty once we get there. Um, Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, And we also get um, the first... Converse, full conversation between Stefan and Caroline in these episodes. Uh, but after the Caroline, you and me, it's not going to happen. Um, yes. when they, when they go over to Elena's house and he's talking to her about her scarf and he's asking her to take it off. Um, and it's like the first time that they've really like sat down together. And at that point it's not like, I don't think the like Steriline really starts gaining steam until season two. Um, I agree. But 
knowing what we know now, it mm -hmm. can start from season one. Like you can totally read it like that, and it's fun to oh, do yeah. so. Um, so yeah, so we're we're definitely both huge Starline shippers, and are both always thinking about that. So one hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's just agonizing how little gayness there is in this show and it's like <laughs> it you, is. you and it's another thing that i always like kind of forget about because it's like i love it so much so it like kind of has to be pretty gay and it sort of is in its own way but it also very much isn't um and yeah so i mean you know we were robbed of Teremy, we were robbed yep. of by bonnie um just so many so much potential squandered because of heteronormativity tale as old as time but I agree. Yeah, the fact that we never got a Tyler and Jeremy smooch is a travesty. <laughs> Everyone should kiss for real. <laughs> yeah, just like the end of the end of every episode should be just every possible combination of the characters. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, but that's about it, right? There aren't too many. Yeah. yeah, there aren't too many things going on right away. Um. Yeah, so I guess we can move on to our awards, which, yeah, we are both very excited for. Um, so I'm going to, yeah, let me pull it up real quick. So we have a big list of them, uh, and we're probably just going to give out a certain amount each episode of the podcast, depending on which ones are the most relevant or whatever. Uh, so, mm -hmm. and so they don't get too stale or the segment doesn't get too long because I think with all the ones we came up with, if we gave them all out every time, it would be real long. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So the awards that we have lined up for this week are the Lumberjack Elijah Award, which is for the best kill uh, named in honor of Elijah's karate shop decapitation of Trevor in season two, episode eight. We have the Little Miss Catherine Award for the hottest moment or hottest action or, you know, the definition is flexible. Uh, yeah. And that is named for, which episode is that? It's the, it's Dinner Party, so it's season two, episode 15, when Catherine gets out of the tomb and is in Damon's shower when he gets home. Um, yes. The best. And it plays the song Little Miss Catherine, which they had somehow held off on until that moment, and I'm so glad they did. I am too. It was perfect. We have the Plan C Sarah Award for Best Line Reading or Best Delivery, named for... Do we know her last name? Um, or is it just, is it just Sarah? It's just, I yeah, think so, it's just yeah, Sarah. Yeah, so Sarah and Amber are minor characters that come in at the beginning of Season 2, and Sarah is revealed to be one of the people that Catherine compelled to try to get killed by Tyler to activate his werewolf curse, because after Caroline subdues Matt... <laughs> Sarah says, I'm sorry, just thinking yeah, just about thinking the about line. Yeah. Sarah <laughs> says, Matt failed. If Matt fails, I can't. And then stabs Tyler in the arm and then and, gets her head knocked on the desk. Oh, yes, and it's so funny. It's so, it's so funny how anytime someone has an unactivated werewolf curse, life suddenly becomes so much more fragile. Like everyone's about to die all the time whenever Tyler's <laughs> around and has his and his human, you know? Like it's like it's like he was driving down the road in season six and not only did he almost hit someone, but he drove through a cornfield where oh everyone was gosh. having a party. I know. <laughs> like it's so crazy. This is yeah, that's what makes me think about it. It's like there has to be some sort of since it is a curse and it is revealed to 
be a magical thing um, in the yeah. originals, created around 580. So um, mm -hmm. it makes sense that uh, werewolf curses would be taken away by the Traveler spell because the Traveler spell takes away spirit magic and pretty much any big spell cast after the other side was created was used with spirit, spirit magic. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I feel like there's got to be, since it's a curse, there's got to be some, like, supernatural predisposition toward, like, accidental killing or whatever. Because there shouldn't be as many werewolves as they are as there are, you know? Like, I feel like not that many people even accidentally kill people, let alone on purpose. So, yeah, yeah there's got to be something. I don't know. Well, Mason says it's going to happen, so... Right. Yeah, because, like, once, like, yeah, once, once you, know, you know... Yeah, yeah. Well, you can't stop thinking, you can't think about anything else. Yeah. Um, which totally makes sense. Um, yep. And then, last but not least, uh, for this episode, we'll have more in the future. Uh, we have the Least Most Valuable Player Award, which goes to the best burn, uh, named for uh, Damon's, perhaps the best of many, roasts of Matt Donovan. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So, I think we I put some nominees in there, but we can also just bring our own and start the conversation. Um I think we should start with the Plan C Sarah Award because we were already talking okay. about quotes. Yes. Um, so uh, my big nominees were Elena saying, or Seven says um, his parents died when he was young and when they're at the grill and Caroline and Bonnie both look straight at Elena and then Elena looks at Seven and goes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> like super <laughs> breathy like that. I don't know why it just gets me every time. Um, oh, and then in that so same funny. episode, Elena again. No, no, it wasn't passionate. It wasn't passionate. No, no, it wasn't passionate. <laughs> um, in episode two. Jeremy saying, uh, do you see Mr. Concern? <laughs> and then he looks under the bed for Tyler, and Tyler's not there, so he goes, no. Do, do you see Mr. Concern? Tyler, are you, are you under there? <laughs> no. And then Vicky, like, really thinks it's funny. Yeah, Vic, Vicky is eating <laughs> it up, man. Class clown Jeremy. Um, and then I also have uh, Tyler's, uh, look at them, they're walking walking yep right into the sunset oh, what are they doing oh they're walking 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 yep right into the sunset <laughs> uh and i also wanted to include matt's gnomes gnomes but i also i wanted to include his friggin 12 year old bully one more you're a bully a friggin 12 year old bully man and i'm sick of it <laughs> yes. So those are those are all my picks, um, and I'll and I'll say my my nominee for the winner after you if you have any to share. Um, I have care saying I got the other brother. Hope you don't mind. Hope you don't mind. I got the other brother. Hope you don't mind. I love that. I love her voice. I love how she looks. Um, Sorry, girls. I was. Busy. Sorry I'm late, girls. I, uh, was busy. <laughs> I just, uh, well, carries she, everything. She is serving mad legs in that scene with those cheer shorts. Yes, she is. Um, so I have that. I love that line. 
and then let me see. Yeah, we should. I should. I should also mention that. I mean, you probably heard it at the beginning, but the second part of the intro for each episode will be the most iconic Caroline Forbes quote from that chapter. In this case, it was, "Does it look like I do dishes?" <laughs> I love that line. Oh, uh, it's very Emerson. The way you bear your soul with so many adjectives is good too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and, obvi- and obviously, and obvi- you were the one who brought this one up originally. Obviously, the that's for me to know and you for you to dot, dot, dot. That's for me to know and for you to dot, dot, dot. Um, yes. Which, obviously, we liked so much, we made it our slogan. <laughs> yes, so. I have that one written down, so that's one. Um, and then also, during that conversation, uh, when... S- Stefan, like the broodiest, says, So I'll remember what it's yeah. like to be brothers again. So what? So I'll feed? So I'll kill? So I'll remember what it's like to be brothers again? The whole, that whole, his, his whole delivery, like the way he's like cupping his mouth around his teeth and like making this like weird raspy voice, like, yeah, yep. let them expose me. Let, let them know that vampires have returned to Mystic Falls. Or, and it's, like, so dramatic and in the way that only a rooftop conversation can be. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, so, but in conclusion, we are both in unanimous agreement on the best delivery in this chapter, which is that when Stefan is at Elena's house with Bonnie, talking about Salem witches, he states that they are heroic examples of individualism and nonconformity. Salem witches are heroic examples of individualism and nonconformity. And something I remember from when we when we first started talking, you and I, um, is you called him Woke King Stefan. Woke King Stefan. And I can, like, every time I hear that line or we talk about it, all I think is Woke King Stefan. Truly the, the women's champion. Yes. <laughs> okay, so congratulations, Stefan Salvatore. Here is your Plan C Sarah Trophy. Put it next to your acoustic guitar you never play and your stack of <laughs> diaries that everyone can read whenever they want. <laughs> All right. So next we have um, the least most valuable player award for best burn. Um, so these are not always things that I advocate for because some of them are straight up mean. Um, yep. Like when, when Bonnie says, look at the shower curtain on Kelly Peach. <laughs> Look at the shower curtain on Kelly Beach. <laughs> that one's so mean. Dude, like, that's like, that's like some straight up mean girl shit. Yes, it is. Yeah, and then after, oh. and after she says the transphobic thing, she's like, um, and Elena says, no, that's over. Woke queen, Elena. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, look at the shower curtain. Merciless. Uh, Tyler's Pete Wentz called. He wants his fingernails back. Um, hey, Pete Wentz called. He wants his nail polish back. Great. Stefan, Founders Archives are in City's Hall. City Hall, if you want to brush up on your facts. The Founders Archives are uh, stored in Civil Hall if you'd like to brush up on your facts. Mr. Tanner. Uh, and then and then Elena's totally out of pocket uh, when Jenna asks her for advice on what to wear to Jeremy's conference or whatever. Uh, she's like, hair up or hair down? And Elena's like, sexy stewardess or boozy housewife? <laughs> Sexy stewardess, boozy housewife. 
<laughs> when her hair is just down normally and like looks good and I'm like, Elena, <laughs> it's your aunt, yo. <laughs> like do you, she oh. just, so she just looks like a boozy housewife when she's just hanging out around the house. <sighs> oh my gosh. I'll, I'll take her. I'll take the boozy housewife. Please, please. Yep. <laughs> okay. So uh, we, we probably have to give it to, um, Oh, I don't know. Dun, dun, dun. I say Stefan again. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. The way he like <laughs> the way he says Mr. Tanner after everyone goes like um is yep. so good and just vicious. Um yeah, you're right. All right. Another one to Stefan. Fine. Here you go, boy. Now get out of here. <laughs> um yeah, so we have the Lumberjack Elijah Award just because it's Vampire Diaries and we always want to talk about great murders. Um, but there weren't actually oh, yes. too many. Um, most of them were by Damon, so he's the one doing most of the killing. Um, you know, Stefan tearing into some chipmunks and squirrels and whatnot, but thankfully we don't see those on screen. <laughs> uh, I think actually the only animals we actually see them eat are the crow when Damon kills it when he escapes and then the deer when Stefan's training Elena like other than that it's just sort of off screen yep um which I'm not complaining about I agree <laughs> uh yeah so we have as I mentioned the Damon flying kill like a goddamn vampire bat yep um Damon killing the guy in the middle of the street right before that it's also pretty good yep Damon being a drop bear. <laughs> drop bear? The, the drop, yeah, drop bears were like this myth that people started where there were like koalas that had claws and super sharp teeth that would drop down from trees in Australia and like claw the shit out of your head <laughs> when they landed on you. <laughs> so that was that, when he like drops out of that tree onto her. Um, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is hilarious. Um, yeah, and then so I don't think any of them can really hold a candle to when Mr. Tanner slash Coach Tanner comes outside and Damon needs to make a point and we get the first big neck chomp slash rip and it is glorious. Yes, it's so good and, and everybody Tanner wanted it. Tanner drops to the ground. Yeah, you, you, see, you see the light leave his eyes and he drops to the ground and Damon's just standing there, blood pouring down his lips and he says, anyone, anytime, any place. Anyone, anytime, any place. And it is so infuriatingly attractive. Why? Why am I so attracted to him? Yeah, it's really annoying. Especially in these first episodes with all he does to Caroline, you just want to hate him so bad. Yep. And like I do, but also Oh my god. I know. Like especially like I can't get over they must have I was noticing like he totally has different haircuts throughout episode three. Mm -hmm. Um so I think they must have filmed parts of either parts of episode three first or episode two and most of three first and then filmed the other parts of three because like that proto dullet haircut he has in episode two is like changes throughout episode three. So yep. it must have been some weird like scheduling things. For but sure. yeah, him in him in the night of the comet is an early example of just the otherworldly attractiveness that Ian Summerhalder brings on screen oh. absent of the other, you know, incredibly attractive actors that he's working with. It's unbelievable. I have never been more attracted to a TV show character in my life. 
it's real annoying. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's a good segue into the little. Oh yeah, so we'll, we will give the Lumberjack Elijah Award to Damon fittingly, as Elijah Michelson is his favorite original. Yes. Um, so yeah, so that goes in Damon's room next to the Moonstone soap dish. Um, yeah, so that's a good segue into the Little Miss Catherine Award, which is for the hottest moment. Um, I think this is probably the one where we're going to have the most division on, just because there's so many, I don't know, like you, 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 there's like the big, like hot moments, and there's also like little things that appeal to certain people. Like one of the ones I picked was Jenna saying stoned. And just the way she says it with her, like, cute Canadian accent, just, it's really got me, man. <laughs> it was my munchie food whenever I got stoned. And I was like, I want to get high with you right now. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was one of the picks. And also when Elena opens the door and Stefan's there, like, before she's about to go to the grill and she's in that, like, black sort of, like, I don't know what, did it have, like, sequins on it or something? Mm -hmm. Um, but it like has really thin straps and Nina's got an amazing collarbone and shoulders and just bone structure in general. And she was looking real good standing in the doorway. Yes. Um, we also get Stefan buttoning up his shirt in the second episode, the first of many. I love that one. A good one. Nonetheless. Um, Elena taking off her jacket at the locker when they're like having their little teasy conversation about how Elena used to be fun or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm a simple man. Anytime Nina Dubrov moves her shoulders, I am completely <laughs> subservient to anything she wants me to do. So I love that. Um, yeah. Oh, and then and then the the Selena makeout is pretty damn hot. Yes, that one is wonderful. Um, I also love um, Caroline in the yellow dress. Um, and I, yes. it's not really that like nothing really happens in the scene. She sees Damon. She thinks she's walking towards him. Damon vamp speeds away in a blink of an eye. And she's just like dumbfounded for a second. Um, and I just, I love the yellow on her. I love the dress. I love her cute face. Oh my gosh. And she's also wearing this like cute little cardigan over it too. Yes. Right? She's just so yeah. adorable. I just love it so much. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Did you have any other ones we didn't bring up before we award it to the clear winner? Um, just, just those. Yeah, and so Kayla and I are definitely in agreement on this one that, hands down, <laughs> the hottest moment in these three episodes is the conversation between Stefan and Damon in episode two when Damon gets real close to Stefan's neck and says, you wouldn't know, you can't know humanity until you get up close and feed on it yep oh Whatever. and i have i actually wrote down the line because honestly okay, i good, mean good, it good, good, is good. the hottest it is the hottest he says we both know the closest you'll get to humanity yes. is when you rip it open and feed on it we both know the closest you'll ever get to humanity is when you rip it open and feed on it and his and he mouth, says feed yeah it's right there Ooh. And it's just literally like the scene, the entire <laughs> screen of your TV is taken up by their yes. two gorgeous heads. And their shoulders and their arms oh. and their necks. 
and they're just so close to each other's faces. And the lighting is so good. <gasps> that was another thing, because when they, yes, the lighting, when they pan out and they're standing, like, maybe a foot or two apart, it's just dark. Like, it's almost a silhouette at one mm-hmm. point because of how, how the lighting is. And, oh, yes, we are in, yeah. c- in total agreement here about we, this one. <laughs> we are down bad for Damon. <laughs> yes. I, I wrote in my notes, uh, proto Dolit for his hairstyle in this episode because <laughs> this podcast is heavily pro Dolit, aka Damon's mullety hairstyle in season three. We love it. If you don't, you can go away. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yep. I'm definitely pro Dolit. Yes, pro Dolit. All right. So Stefan and Damon get to share that trophy. Um, so, so far, it's just the boys cleaning up. They um, are. But you know what? That's okay because the the brothers are the brothers. They are. Um, I'm trying to think anything more than I wanted to cover. Um, oh yeah, so just some of my favorite songs, I guess. Um, oh, yes. I really like the death in episode one uh, during the bonfire. a classic song i really like slow poison by the bravery uh at the beginning of season three or not season three episode three when they're all outside talking um and like we said earlier like these are like different you know very different musical moments like that's very different to how gravity is used for the slana kiss Which also yep. begins a trend of very oddly melodramatic Stelena choices for songs. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's sort of what their relationship is, so you can't complain. Um, and then also, of course, the iconic Never Say Never by The Fray. Um, yes. Younger now than we were before. And actually, the the one and only Candace King, Neakla, is married to Joe King of the Fray. So yes. that is an interesting connection there. Um, I love that. Yeah. And they also play Never Say Never in the finale when Stefan reunites with Lexi, right? Because yes. that also wrecks the fuck out of me. <laughs> oh, yes, it does. It's I love that, too. Um so my songs, I think, favorites-wise would be Never Say Never, obviously. Um, I love the One Republic song as Aline is walking into the cemetery in the pilot. Do you know where your heart is? Do you think you can find it? Did you treat it? Oh, yeah. That's, a, good, that's um, a great one that I forgot about. Super iconic. Yes. Um, and it's just, I mean, we talked about before how vibrant and bright color and everything in the, in the pilot is, I mean, Matt's eyes, Mm -hmm. Elena's shirt, um, but she's walking into the cemetery. Everything's lit up. It's like a gorgeous day. She looks amazing. That song is playing. I just love the scene. Yes. And then running up that hill when when uh zach calls him uncle stefan um it's placebo 
you mentioned it's a Kate Bush cover. Yes, the first of the first of many Kate Bush covers. I don't think they ever actually use an actual Kate Bush song, but the covers they use are pretty good. Yeah, and sometimes the songs that I pick for my favorites are because of my own. Like I knew the song before the show. I just love it, and then it works so perfect in the show. Right. Um, Running up that hill was in uh, season four of the OC. So, oh, nice. Yeah, okay. So that is uh, one of my mentions. Yeah. The I think that's a good cover, but I think my favorite cover pick for out of the two that are in this chapter, I think it would have to be Moby's cover of Temptation, which plays at the end of episode three. Okay. Hold up, down, turn around, please don't let me hit the ground. Tonight I think I'll walk alone, find my soul as I go um, just like the perfect like lullaby type tune yeah. as Stefan is writing, I was wrong. There's nothing human left in Damon as he is clearly falling for Elena. Yep. Um, you know, no, no advocate for guys sneaking into girls' bedrooms while they're asleep, but you know, on a vampire show, it can be cute, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The, the brush of the cheek is, I mean, it gets, uh, it gets me. <laughs> yeah. Like you, like, I mean, immediately, like. There's so much, like, density to Damon's character that they, like, spread out as the series goes on. But, it, like, it really seems like it's all there from the very beginning. Like, just the way he does his, like, faux cocky thing. Like, it's, like, not, like, him, but it's, like, what he is expected of him. And it's just, like, it's, like, his, like, standoffish technique for not letting people get too close, yep. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, like, you know, you, know you, you see him be genuine only a few times um, when... You know, Elena says that she's sorry that he lost Catherine, too. Yeah. Um, and then at the very end, like, you see, like, finally something breaking through. Uh, but, yeah, I think just the complexity of that character from the very beginning is a big selling point for why one, someone would want to keep watching. Definitely not for the physical appearance. I don't think that's a factor at all. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah. No, we're, 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 only, we're only sensible people. We care about narrative and logical things. Yes. Um, the fact that they're, like like super foxes you know that doesn't yeah that's not. It's, of, it's of no consequence, <laughs> no consequence. Uh, something I, I really wanted to mention that it was a thing I noticed um, was how pretty that shot is in the night of the comet when Elena lights Stefan's candle and then sees it's him and then kind of walks away yeah and then he walks up to her and like kind of startles her and then they're both talking while Caroline and Matt and Tyler and everyone are off in the other end of the frame it's so good it is like oh my gosh I just I, I couldn't stop I just kept re-watching it I was like just like the way the parts move and um I don't know. They're just really good at setting up shots like that that are just memorable. Like so many, I mean, there are so many setups like that that are just stuck in my brain forever. I agree. Um, there is another Damon and Stefan con um, conversation that I wanted to mention when um, it's episode three, when Damon is basically like mimicking Stefan. Um, the, their conversation is complete BS. And he's like, I really think there's hope for me. I can try to be a good guy too. And he's, he's being like clearly overdramatic. And then he just, right. he starts laughing like, <laughs> screw Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't even say gotcha. He literally just laughs yeah. like an evil fucker. Yes. And it's, and that's like another one that is, I mean, it's, it just shows Damon's personality so well, but yeah. then you still know 
like truly deep down he he truly feels that way he wants to yeah. have a good relationship with his brother That's exactly what i was about to say it's what he wants to say but doesn't feel like he can yeah so it's like i'm gonna yeah. say it as a joke yeah he, he, yeah he invalidates it like as something that could never be possible for him because he doesn't think it is yep um but just his his knowledge of himself i like him knowing that he's selfish him knowing that he's faking it like i love that depth of his character um Mm -hmm. because there's so many times we hear him say i'm selfish you know like so many Mm -hmm. times throughout the series like he recognizes his flaws um and i and i just think that like that just shows his journey through the whole series and it starts so early in the show like this is episode three you know like and i just love that i just love it Right now, I'm just picking out uh, the all caps things that I wrote in my notes <laughs> <laughs> to say. Um, under under Delana dishwashing, I wrote fucking hot. Um, <laughs> I wrote gnomes in all caps. Um, and oh yeah, and also, so Caroline says um, Tiki. Could someone please help Tiki when they're like holding up the sign? Who Tiki's a character who comes in? I think not until episode five with the car wash. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, I thought that was funny that she says her name, but she's not actually been cast yet. Um, and also Bonnie in her cheerleading outfit is looking great. I forgot, honestly forgot to say that for the Little Miss Catherine thing, but I nominate that scene of Bonnie, um, uh, in her cheerleading outfit. Oh yeah. Anytime Bonnie's in a cheerleading outfit. I mean, the flashbacks, um, Elena's flashback to junior year. Yeah. Oh, Bonnie's in the. Oh, and then and then and then um uh in seven by twenty one when Enzo's in her head. Oh yeah. She was looking great there too. Uh, I mean, yes. <laughs> you we we will never shut up about season seven, Bonnie. You guys. No. Holy shit. The season. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> That's the ultimate. Season six. Season yeah. Season six, Bonnie. Season one, Bonnie. Season eight, Bonnie. <laughs> the only one. The only one that's really not like notably great is not her fault because they gave her that whack ass bangs wig in season four. Oh yeah. Um, but I do not hold that against her. You are my girl forever, Bobby. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so my all caps things really quick to get those out. I have, um, Stefan acts so sketch during the bonfire when Vicky gets brought out. Um, so sketch. And I, 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 yeah, we, we gotta say my nickname is sandpaper Steph because <laughs> he is the opposite of smooth. Yes. And like he and Matt just look at each other and it's this like, like, I think the music is even like, don't look it's like there's, mm-hmm. there's bass happening. Like, in the, like yeah. in the back. and like Stefan, Stefan is framed by like the whole ass crowd as he like tries to slip back into it. Yes. And it's just like the least conspicuous thing ever. <laughs> so I have, or the, the least inconspicuous thing ever rather. Oh yeah, yeah. We can't we can't go on without uh, acknowledging Tyler assaulting Vicky, which yeah. is happens in the pilot. Is brought up in the Night of the Comet when Jeremy says, "And I didn't even have to force her into it." When Caroline like doesn't believe him that Vicky slept with him. Yep. And then um, Matt's line, "What's he talking about, Ty?" Yeah, and then <laughs> it is never brought up again. Never ever. Never again. Never again. Which honestly, like. Like, you could argue that Carol, like Damon's abuse of Caroline is given better acknowledgement and resolution than Tyler's of Vicky. I like, agree. 
it is just totally just swept. Like that's, I mean, it's par for the course for the time, just, you know, not treating assault and predatory behavior with the condemnation that it deserves. But wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, Oh, Elena's, Elena's, uh, like plaid vest that she wears under the leather, like the white leather jacket. Oh yes. That's, that's my, sh that's my shit. Oh, that's so nice. Um, care. That's the, this is the last thing. Caroline being, a little bit condescending during cheerleading when she calls Elena sweetie and tells her to... Elena, Elena sweetie, why don't we just observe today? Yes, like, basically, get out of here, please. Yeah, it, it, it gets easier to love her every time, but I think now, if I were to watch it for the first time, I would love her because, I mean, I'm always a sucker for those Cheryl Blossom-type characters, you Yeah. Know? So... Um, for sure. Oh, I had one more. What? Um when Matt blames Vicky for the fight between Tyler and Jeremy. Oh, yeah, it, yeah. It, what are you doing, Vic? Yeah. And she's like, uh, I'm, I'm not responsible for men. <laughs> she's like, I'm standing here. <laughs> I literally did nothing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay, so I think this is good for this episode. Perfect. Um, We'd like to thank very much anyone who even clicked on this podcast, let alone made it this far. Um, we appreciate you and you're the reason we're doing this. We just want to find more people like us. Um, in the future, we'll have some more guests to bring on some more perspectives and hopefully the show will get better with each episode. So yes. I don't know. I had fun. I had fun. Yay. Yay. We love this show and we love you guys. We, <laughs> yes. We love this show and we love you guys. Um, Thank you, Caroline, for taking care of me. JK out. Stop call. Don't write. Whatever you do, don't you dare miss me. <laughs> <laughs>